don't don't conform to societal norms play the intro at the end all right sounds like a good plan thanks for taking control of the show i really appreciate it it's, i'm a white man what do you expect <laughs> uh yeah so i had this whole thing uh set up so here i got this um so, hey, what's happening? Welcome to the Hopitarian Show, the only podcast that goes on hiatus for a couple of months without telling anyone and then comes back without telling anyone. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and leave a review or comment, whichever is on YouTube or podcasting, telling us how much you love the Hop Ethno State. Our guest today is someone who loves saying the word retarded unironically. The host of It's Too Late with Alan Mosley is Alan Mosley. Yeah, I know. I need to give you like a bio or something to read. That sounded like trash. <laughs> sounded pretty fucking retarded now that you mention it. But you know what? You know what's funny about that oh, is great though. You like saying it unironically. I I have lit- this is not a joke. I have had people IRL come up to me and tell me, "Hey man, I've seen your show and stuff, and I saw this one joke you did about this celebrity that died, or this one joke about you know." putting babies in microwaves and masturbating, I, you know, whatever. And I was totally fine with it, but I have a cousin who's mentally disabled and I didn't like that. You called him retarded. And I'm like, well, if I, you were fine with babies in microwaves while I masturbate, but you weren't fine with retarded. You sir are retarded. That's happened. That's by the way, that's not even an exaggeration. That's a real story that happened to me. So, okay babies in microwaves and you're masturbating to the baby in the microwave okay the reference to that is is the joke of hey what does a baby in a microwave look like i don't know i close my eyes when i masturbate i was gonna i was gonna say something really stupid like oh, it looks like a uncooked turkey so they were okay with that joke but then when i just laughingly said haha dave you're retarded they got offended and I was like, nope, you just don't, you don't get to be, sorry. Nope. You're okay with cooking babies, but you're not okay with retarded. You're retarded. Jeez. Retarded. But it's such a fun word to say. Like well, it's retarded. extra retarded because we all know that people still use these words. Anyone who's ever been in a locker room, anyone who's ever been hanging out with the guys, basically anyone who's ever walked down the street with anybody knows that these words are still spoken. But then somehow in a public forum, we're all supposed to pretend like, oh, he said the he said the word. We're all going to we're all going to call his employer or something ridiculous. Like, like, no, I'm sorry. That's retarded. Please feel free to timestamp and send it to my boss. He'll call you a fucking retard, too. (laughs) You can say, I'm the boss. I'm HR. Yeah. Mm. Of course, there's that other word that so, starts with an F and talks about people who like other people of the same sex. You're not supposed to say oh, that like, word either. Oh, like faggot? Yeah. Like, just... But... As Louis C.K. put it, it doesn't it doesn't even mean gay. I I I don't think I've ever approached a gay person and said, "Get out of here with that, you faggot." Never yeah. once have I done that. I've only ever called. In fact, I've only ever called my friends that. Now that I think about it, because it's a term of endearment. We're gonna see like, ah, eh, he's just being a faggot, you know, whatever. 
you know, or yeah. or with retarded. Hey, that, he's just being retarded. You know. Yeah, or like, what like you just when, or what you just did is retarded. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Yeah, like when when someone when someone comments on you know if you make a, a stupid joke on Twitter and someone comments of a oh you shouldn't say that you should say shut up faggot. I don't know if they're gay or not, but they need to shut up. And then when they when they are gay and you say that and you know, and they have to go through this whole like they write six paragraphs about why what you said is bad and well I'm gay and I really struggled with it and it took me a long time to come out of the closet and you just go okay faggot I mean, yeah good, skill good issue you, I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> skill <laughs> issue <laughs> like what kind of skills do you have now that you now that I know you're gay can you tell me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're the one that has something wrong with their brain, evolutionary wise. It's not me. Yeah, it's. I mean, apparently, gay people can still have babies. I mean, Dave Rubin has what two? How I don't know how they how do they come out of his asshole? I don't. Or do they come out of his penis? I don't know because how. because gay people like Dave Rubin and Pete Buttigieg believe in slavery. They think you can buy other humans, and they do that. That's that's a real thing that happens. Man, they didn't Dude. abolish slavery. They just made it only for gays. So, I, I don't. This this popped in my head. So, thanks, Alan, for for let for uh, reminding you're, me. You're welcome. Uh, have you heard? Yeah, have you heard of this tenant media thing that's popped up? Tenant media. I don't think so. Tenant. Yeah, like the like it's named like the movie from Christopher Nolan, Tenant. Mm-mm. Um, I don't know a hundred percent who's behind it, but I know some of the people that are. I, I don't know if they're hosting shows or they're just your content's going to be i'm not 100 sure how, how it's going to go um but uh, like big names like tim pool is part of it lauren southern um benny johnson big names big names yeah um well in the political world i should say um and our and our homeboy dave rubin is also a part of it and i and i remember seeing all these uh kind of these interesting teasers where it's like purple lighting and it's dark and then they show the face they had they do like a thing like this remember yeah. they go right when they face for mm-hmm. us when the light comes on oh oh that's oh wow mm-hmm. um and i saw dave rubin was on there and they, they're having some kind of uh, that usual political slogan of you know we're the we're unfiltered and we don't we don't, we're we're uh we're unafraid of what, what to say or whatever. And I'm thinking of all the people that are on there, the six that they listed, mm-hmm. Dave Rubin's by far the safest by far. I mean, look so, at him now. He's, he's tweeting about, Oh, um, I'm about, I'm the most pro Israel guy ever. That's, yeah, I, oh man. That, yeah. You're very scared. Yeah. I was just about to say, so, th- so th- th- that list of names you just gave me tells me that that is the, that is midwit echo chamber. So people, so people that are like right between 110 and 115 IQ, who think that they know everything, who've never actually held a controversial opinion in their lives, will love that network. And the, and those wow. people will not support any position that hasn't already been approved by whoever the fuck it is that funds them. Well, even with that, and with that being said, I still think of all of those Dave Rubens by far the safest. I mean, at least I'll give credit to, especially some of the names I've seen recently on, on like Tim Cast, where he'll have like he he'll have Dave DeCamp on, 
you'll, mm-hmm. you'll have uh, so, um, you'll have people to come on who won't just be spewing pro-Israel talking points. So have actually have someone come on and be like, well, I'm not. I think something like this, or whatever. I think at least question it. I mean, Scott Hort was on there, basically calling everyone there China hawks. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah, but at see, least we'll have them on. But see, that's that's what's messed up about Tim Pool, though. It's like, okay, so you're willing to give him a pat on the back because he'll have someone like Scott Horton on who is going to tell it like it is. And say, I'll give I'll- him a pat on the back, but I'll also say – I'm not saying his mind's going to be changed at all. At least he's having someone there to – Yeah, to but stay, that's – I don't know. I don't know, but see, I I don't know. I maybe I, that's this is just me being black pilled. I guess is that I I don't give him any credit at all because they will have so, so if you have someone like Scott Horton on your show who openly and explicitly calls out you, your whole panel, and every guest you've had on for six months as being wrong, and then lays out an airtight case of all here's why you're wrong, and here's all the documented reasons why you're wrong. And the ne- the following episode, they'll pretend like Scott wasn't there last week. And yeah. they'll just go right back to their China Hawk propaganda tomorrow. And it'll be like th- th- w- there was no absorption at all. Like you don't even like you don't even confront the ideas. So on the one hand, like, do the- is it cool that they have Scott on? Of course, it's cool that they have Scott on. But they're not they're not really listening. It's just it's just presentation. There's no actual. It's hard to say that there's no substance, even though someone like Scott was there. But I feel like it's, that's kind of how it is. It's like it, they're just doing it for presentation. There's no actual substance. No one's yeah, having a debate. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the big issues kind of in social media circles right now, right? Is that if we had to pick somebody to argue our side of the political, you know, if we had to argue non-interventionist foreign policy, we'd have Scott Horton go and debate it. And Every single time someone comes along who thinks that they know more than Scott, they'll just refuse to debate him or, you know, kind of do this mealy mouth. Well, I'll go up here on the show without you. And here I'll, I'll lay out my totally industry approved conservative ink talking points. And then Scott can do his separately. And then we'll just go our separate ways. You know, Ben Shapiro is the big example. Every, yeah. These people worship Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro has never won a debate against anyone who was older than 19 years old and didn't have purple hair. Never once has he won a debate against anyone over 19 years old without purple hair. And he refuses. He won't just not debate Scott Horton. He will continue to live in a mental prism where Scott Horton has never been born. He doesn't exist, yeah. much less debate him. And so... Tim Pool's never going to come out and say that. He's never going to come out. He's not going to bite the hand that feeds and risk losing the support of kind of that other side of the right wing by saying, well, if you believe that, why don't you debate Scott Horton? Tim Pool's not going to do that. That ain't going to happen. Yeah, wasn't uh, Ben Shapiro just bragging recently that oh, I, I shot this uh, 20-year-old guy who was uh, talking about how, you know, pro, all this pro-Palestinian propaganda or whatever it was. He was... It was like it was like it was 2015. Like, dude, come on, move on. Like, move ben on Shapiro, are your own size, basically ten year olds. Ben Shapiro went on Joe Rogan and a spewed a bunch of Zionist horseshit, and then B said, "I'm happy to defend my position and everything I just said against anyone who wants to debate." And from the moment those words came out of his mouth, it it has been Scott Horton doesn't exist. Yeah. Because he doesn't actually mean it. He what 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 Ben Shapiro. This is what he wants, and I'm not being facetious about this. This is what Ben Shapiro wants. He wants someone that he already knows, that he also already knows 
what their beliefs are and what their opinions are. He wants he wants to know that he's smarter than them. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying Ben Shapiro's stupid. He's not a stupid guy. He's wrong, no. he, but he's not stupid. Yeah. He's evil. He's not stupid. And he wants, but he also wants someone that actually doesn't differ from him that much. He wants someone who's like five percent further to the left than him, and he wants to then smash him and then take the glory. He doesn't want to actually go all to the other side of the political spectrum and debate anyone. He want if he's going to do that, he wants to debate a literal teenager. He doesn't want to. <laughs> So like like I'm I'm trying to think of off the top of my head like who's a relatively milk toast right winger who has never shied away from supporting Israel but also maybe is not like the biggest Zionist who ever lived. It's it's hard to even say because most of them will all just support Israel. But I mean you know like Ben Shapiro would debate that person like um um. That that Scott, the dude dude running for president, um, the black guy running for president. Shit, what's his name? Not Tim Scott. Is that who? Is that his name? Oh, Larry Elder. Yeah, no, not Larry Elder. But, <laughs> no, they're 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 bros. But, I don't know. When you said black person, I was like, wait, Tim Scott, Larry Elder. Is he only, well, they're, they're, they're just all the person. same. It's hard for me to to remember. Okay, so this is like uh, way off topic. But yeah. I, my wife and I were in a store one time, and I swear to motherfucking. There was a black guy who looked just like Tim Scott. Now I'm not saying all black people look alike. Okay, it, that so guy it, looked- it, it it is Tim Scott. So Tim Scott, who probably doesn't differ from Ben Shapiro in terms of foreign policy by more than this, but but perhaps maybe differs on Ben Shapiro a little bit when it comes to some relatively tame domestic policy. He'll debate him. And then they'll and then they'll agree to disagree on three things, and then they'll both mutually agree that Israel is the the kingdom of heaven. And then the 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 audience will cheer, and Ben Shapiro people will cry and hand him flowers. That's yeah. that's the debate he wants. He wants to debate someone who's basically five percent from himself that he feels is inferior to him. He doesn't want to debate someone who's diametrically opposed and knows what they're talking about. And he won't. And and and, and if anything. It's it's just gaslighting that he would even go on Rogan and say that he wanted to because he's just pissing people like us off because he knows yeah. he's not going to. He he knows he never will. I mean, if if it did end up happening, just do it at the so forum. And if the, the money you get, you can put it into charity or something like that. I don't know. And like what Scott Horton did with Bill Crystal. Yeah. But just see that. that. See, I love I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I talked to Scott after after that. And, and I told him how great, I mean, everyone's talked to him about how great it was, but I've talked to him uh, privately a couple of times about it and stuff. And, and, and I'm, I'm so happy it happened and we all fucking hate Bill Crystal. It's I'm so like, I'm so glad that statistically he'll be dead soon. Like, isn't that just wonderful? Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of sad about it. And I'll tell you why Bill Crystal was so clearly not just not just wrong, but he was so clearly unprepared. I think that he, he's not an idiot. He knew who Scott Horton was and he knew that Scott Horton was going to come out there swinging. And he basically felt like I'm going into enemy territory and it doesn't matter if I win or lose because all these random libertarians and independents just don't matter. You know, my, my career is safe. So I don't think Bill Crystal really intended to, 
to try to win that debate. I'm not saying that he would have no matter whether he tried or not. I'm just saying Bill Crystal basically just went through the motions. The problem with that is, is that Scott Horton so resoundingly embarrassed him, even, even to the relatively small audience of people who actually would know who the two people are, that there was a debate, watch the video, whatever. It was such an embarrassment for Bill Crystal that the next man up will not go in there. Like if you're Ben Shapiro, as much as I'm shitting on Ben Shapiro, if I'm Ben Shapiro and my entire media empire is me talking really fast like the rat fuck that he is and dunking on teenagers in, in college forums, if that's my entire base, why would I risk any yeah. any cred whatsoever yeah. by going and having a Soho forum debate with fucking Scott Horton? It just it just it, the, the numbers aren't there for me. Why would I do it? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. I think that I think all the people that are trying to, because I see that all at least once a day, someone go, ah, Bill, you know, hey, hey, Ben Shapiro, why don't you go debate Scott Horton? And like you're saying, it's not going to happen unless someone put like a, I don't know, like a massive amount of money in front of him. He may at the possibility of doing it, but so even then. The, the other problem is, is that there's just, there's too many, there's too many degrees of separation. So like when you or I see pe people, cause who's people, when you or I see people that in our social media orbit saying, Hey, at Ben Shapiro, you should debate Joe Ro or you should debate Scott Horton. You should go on Joe Rogan or whatever with Scott Horton. He's not seeing those tweets because we're so far removed from his orbit. He does not know or care about what any of these people are saying. It would. Well, it he's, would, ver it, he's verified too. He's probably not even looking at the non-verified tab. He's looking at just the verified tab. Who are the people who have? The, and I know nowadays, like having a blue check mark on Twitter doesn't really mean anything because you can just mm -hmm. pay for it. But even yeah. still, nine times out of ten, the people who are have that blue check mark are going to be people in his orbit or people who he would most likely want to talk to. It would require someone that he's like intimately familiar with, that he has some type of working relationship with. It would require someone like that, both both having direct contact with Ben Shapiro publicly and also being familiar with Scott Horton to go to him and say, you know, would you do this? If not, will you at least go on record saying why, why you wouldn't or shouldn't or whatever. And that, and that will never happen. Like take Tim pool as an example. And by the way, in the grand scheme of things, Tim pool's a nobody. Like everyone loves to mention Tim pool. Tim pool's a nobody. All these people are nobodies, but I I'm a nobody. Scott Horton's a nobody. We're all nobodies in, in the, in, in the mainstream world. All these people are nobodies. Uh, it's like go touch grass. It's basically what I'm saying. But <laughs> if Tim pool, if Tim Poole knows Ben Shapiro and has ever met him personally or has his, you know, email or, or phone number, if Tim Poole went to Ben Shapiro and said, hey, here's my buddy Scott Horton, you should debate him. That that is only a risk for Tim Poole because he's now risking his connection to a bigger hmm. celebrity by offering up something that he knows is not on his radar that he doesn't want to do. Hmm. If Ben Shapiro does know who Scott Horton is and has, and has consciously decided I would never step in a room with this man. Then if you knew Ben Shapiro and he was your friend and he was going to come on the Hapitarians and you said, Hey, Hey Ben, go on with Scott. He would then block you and you would never see him again. Damn. Cause that's how these fuckers are. He's a, he's a coward. I mean, of course he's a coward cause you know, he's one of them, but he's a coward. <laughs> Well, the example you were saying about he would debate 
Tim Scott and they would just argue over the dumbest shit. Like if they if they did talk about Israel, Ben Shapiro would say something like, "Yeah, I think the U.S. Congress should fork over I don't know fifty trillion dollars to Israel." And Tim Scott mm-hmm. goes. That's a little too much. I think twenty-five trillion is enough. That's where the argument would be. How much money should we actually send to Israel? Not. I don't think we should send any money. Like, what's the what's the point or whatever the the argument would be on the other side? See, I was just look. I just I just looked that up just now because I was curious. So Ben Shapiro was born in Burbank, California. So he's he is obviously he is wow. Jewish, but he was he's a he was Californian. Born, he's a Californian, but but I I don't care about the state. The point <laughs> being is is he's he's an American. He was born in the United States. I don't care what his blood lineage is. He's he is he is a natural born citizen of the United States. Yeah, but he's got the little. Yeah, the I, yeah, I know he's got. They I wish they would put little propellers on him. He's got the little. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's got the beanie. But this, this, I, I am fully in favor of if, if you're Ben Shapiro and you're a natural born citizen of the U.S. and you spend all day every day trying to browbeat people and browbeat government officials to give billions of dollars to Israel, he should be arrested for sedition and shot. I'm gonna tag him in this when I send him this clip. Hey Ben, guess what? Uh, this yeah. guy said, I know you guys yeah, don't see, know who he is. Yeah, but. see if you can get Ben Shapiro to debate me, but the resolution <laughs> is the resolution is, you know, affirmed. Ben Shapiro should be arrested for sedition and shot. Alan Mosley in the affirmative. Ben no, Shapiro gonna, will have to wait for his answer. No, I was gonna jokingly say, no, shockingly, Shapiro goes for the affirmative for some reason. I'm he he thinks he's so smart, he's gonna be able to tell you why he why he should. Hmm. I mean. We had to do that when I was in college. When I was in college, uh, yeah, they, like do a debate where you had to go on the side that you don't actually. Yeah, they they yeah. actually like they would let you pick like de- topics and sides, but they would strongly encourage you to hmm. purposely side against whatever your own personal belief is, just as an exercise. I was in a debate when I was like twenty years old at Maryville College in East Tennessee, and we were debating. Um, like more more drilling for oil in the US mm-hmm. and the other the other side were the typical bleeding heart liberal college students who were saying it's dangerous and it hurts the environment and blah yeah. blah 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 I was on the side with with a few of them a few people who thought that way but they were forced to be on the side of mm. it's great and it's not dangerous and look at all the great advancements in science and technology that makes it uh, so minimally impactful to the environment and look at look at the economic impact blah 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 and by not only did we win the debate but by the time it was over uh two of the three people on my team who went into it as like bleeding heart commies came out of it thinking well actually i didn't realize it was so great hmm. so it was actually an interesting exercise that you know god god forbid if you just and it, it and the point wasn't necessarily to change their minds. The point was just why don't you at least look at the difference? Why don't you at least look at the material and right. come to your own conclusion rather than just a base assumption based on well, you know, we had World Day one time when I was in third grade and that taught me that oil is evil. I'm like, well, I don't know, a lot's happened since then. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. So maybe when Ben Shapiro goes in a debate with Scott Horton, he should debate Scott Horton's points. Oh, interesting. You know what? I know for a fact that Scott Horton could debate Ben Shapiro's points. I know he could. 
Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, what would Ben say on the other side? I I, I hate Jews and the whole they're all destroyed. Like, what what was he gonna say? Because isn't that what he says already? See, well, say that's exactly. This is exactly why he's disingenuous and a piece of shit. Is that if he was forced to take the other side, he would purposely make boneheaded statements along those lines of well because because he's trying to he's still arguing his own side even though he's not supposed to be he's setting up he's 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 straw manning he's saying that well the only way you could possibly disagree with me is you must want the destruction of israel now that may be true in alan mosley's case but for a (laughs) lot of people's cases they're not all anti-semites they just think you shouldn't be keeping two million people in an open-air prison and slaughtering their children Hmm. Man, I did not go into this thinking that we were even going to talk about this, but here we are. I don't want to talk about this, I, I, but we're not really talking about this. We're talking about about Ben Shapiro. Yeah. I, well, that's what I was saying. I didn't even want to even, but now that it's here, you know. I bet he, you know what? Knowing Ben Shapiro, I bet he has a lot of opinions that we would find repulsive, not that have nothing to do with Israel. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's the he's the typical he, he for me ben shapiro is is kind of like he's like a steven crowder where he's like that stepping stone of someone who is just getting into politics and you go, let me listen to ben shapiro because i hear his name floating all over the place i just hear ben shapiro all the time i look at conservative podcasts he's probably like number one name that comes up him and uh you know steven crowder and dan bongino however you pronounce his last name so they listen to him. They go, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's the conservative talking points. All right, whatever. And then they have to go even more to the right. They're like, oh, I don't know about this. I just wanted to scroll down uh, to this stream airing right now to see what we were supposed to be talking about. Right. Yeah. No, this is fine. Yeah. This is all an allegory for Kevin Brennan and Matthew Perry. Well, there you go. Let's let's just get right to it. <laughs> <laughs> so so for you, however many people on that little counter right there, if you've been watching this whole time and thinking, I didn't uh, has Ben Shapiro weighed in on Matthew Perry's death? I must have missed it. If Matthew Perry was a huge Israel supporter, he probably would have said something. If he was anti, he wouldn't have even said anything. Good riddance. You know <laughs> what? I I bet Norm McDonald would have shit all over Ben Shapiro. Oh, I'm sure he would have. I mean, he shit on Matthew Perry. <laughs> well, I mean, are you talking about sarcasm? Yeah, I know. Matt speak. You know the way he talks on Brett's Matt speak. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> did you did you hear the part of that about uh, Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, where uh um what is it? He said something along the lines of um because he was a fan of Matthew Perry's, right? Yeah. And Norm was saying, eh, yeah, you know, not so, really giving him a favorable opinion. Yeah. So Harvey Weinstein, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to theory craft that, but for whatever reason, he was a big fan of Matthew Perry and Norm shit all over him. And so because of that, he just instantly became arch enemies with Harvey Weinstein. I think that this yeah. is just awesome that having nothing to do with scandal, Harvey Weinstein hated Norm McDonald. <laughs> Norm Macdonald had the best enemies, it, it, but it's not, it's not like even it, like yeah. he was trying. Like Norm Macdonald wasn't right. trying to be a freedom fighter or anything. He just had the best enemies. He just 
he just kind of he's one of those guys that spoke his mind every time you hear him speak his mind it's like yeah yeah exactly like why why didn't i think of that i should have mm-hmm. said that i was watching uh, one of his one of his little like highlight clips the other day that was the, it was only like a five or six minute clip and it was laughing at the inappropriate times was the was the name of the clip oh, yeah. and it's just the half of it's just 9-11 i mean half of the whole <laughs> clip is just 9-11 just saying and, 9-11 and laughing yeah, actually, yeah, that does happen at the clip. He just is nine eleven, and he just starts laughing. But it's but you know how Norm would do is that he gets the guest laughing, and then he tries to chide the guest, like, "Oh, don't laugh at that. Come on now." Yeah, right. He was uh, he was talking to one of his guests, and he was talking about this like gruesome, legendary serial killer, and he said, "Listen to this. This serial killer always targeted uh, people with mental disabilities and." And I don't want you to laugh at this. <laughs> and African Americans. And of course, <laughs> obviously, just like you, obviously the guest laughs and he goes, Why are you laughing at that? Why do you think that's because <laughs> you let it up with, and I don't want you to laugh at this, but because you know whatever he's gonna say next is gonna be Yeah. Well, yeah, I should laugh at that. Yeah. It's like if he said, and he also targeted, I don't want you to laugh at this. And it could have been like you said, African Americans could have been like developmentally disabled or Mm -hmm. guys with one arm or something random yeah and he goes he just goes into this whole dialogue why do you think that is why do you think he always targeted those people and the guest is just like what am i supposed to say you know (laughs) those people how dare you those people yeah they know who they are (sighs) so uh yeah matthew perry he died recently your your thoughts he did. We we kind of yeah. like we 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 did a whole segment of our monologue just solely because Matthew Perry died. You know, you know the thing is too is I never liked the show Friends, and I'm not like trying to be one of like some cool counterculture guy that's like, yeah, I didn't like something that the mainstream liked. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm I'm not doing that. I'm saying it more because it sucked. It was a really bad show, and I don't. <laughs> this is really bad. It's. Like, have you ever seen you can this is something anyone can go on YouTube and do. Uh, there's people who have taken scenes and clips of friends and they've like isolated the audio where they can remove the audience the, interaction. The, yeah, the laugh track. Yeah. And when you do that, it's just you're like, oh, my God, I'm just watching sociopaths. It's you know, especially like like Ross. That That's always everyone's big one. Every scene with Ross where there's no audience you're like my god what am i watching it's like it's it's a lot closer to dexter than it is friends <laughs> um yeah i mean it's 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 just terrible i you know what i honestly will say this though all joking aside if if i had to pick one of the cast of friends and say okay i guess this is the one who's gonna like you know, be kick, our kick be, yeah. be our comedy. No, no, no. Be our comedy oh. guest on tonight's show. I probably would have picked Matthew Perry, to be honest with you. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked any of the women because women are never funny. And I think Matthew Perry was funnier than. Um, than uh, what's his name? Uh, than than. Uh, David I, Schwimmer. I, yeah, David Schwimmer. Yeah. And Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc so. Yeah. I guess I guess Matthew Perry wins by elimination, but that's why they eliminated him. Mm. So now, if they do it well, actually, that's not going to happen. But I was going to say, if they do a Friends reboot, because I mean, you know, they have the new Frasier that's out, and it's mm-hmm. just Kelsey Grammer. That's it. 
I haven't I haven't seen any of that, and I'm not gonna see any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah. it just can't be. I mean, I don't even care. I don't even care if they're trying their best to make it amazing. It can't. Frasier was genuinely a good show. I feel like the age of genuinely well written sitcoms that are not animated that are not just 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 ringing with like woke messaging and stuff and it's one of those things where in hindsight you go back and watch some things and realize yeah there's a lot of agenda driven stuff in this show but it wasn't just so in your face maybe like in the 90s right. definitely not in the 80s yeah. but shows like Frasier uh, Frasier was a genuinely good show and so them even trying to redo it not worth it oh my god hi alan hey jc you should probably ban people who know who i am from your <laughs> from your audience <laughs> i know who that guy is yeah that's a that's bad news for you remember remember, so, remember um, like a month or two ago when i said to you that we should work on cross-pollinating and build our audiences that was actually a joke you don't want my audience mm. yeah that no, they should no come on over. The the water's fine over here. You're gonna get way more racism and no more, but no more money. Weirdest thing. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah. do I want more racism or more money? <sighs> Man, that's a tough that's a tough one. I know. If, one. if we could if I could just get paid to do what I love. Yeah. Um so actually going to the one of the topics that I had on the agenda. 30 minutes into the show. agenda <laughs> agenda yeah no, all right 21 agenda 21 whatever whatever it's called um so like i said matthew perry he died recently and apparently he and i, I don't know if this has been proven yet i don't think it has as of this point um but apparently he was in his hot tub had a cardiac arrest and drowned mm -hmm. and so one of my favorite people on the planet, Kevin Brennan, uh, he wanted to chime in. <laughs> and uh, if anyone, if, if anyone um, doesn't know who Kevin Brennan is, you're probably more familiar with his brother, Neil Brennan. That's usually the go-to. If you want to make fun of Kevin Brennan, just talk about Neil Brennan, because a lot of people know Neil Brennan is he was the co-creator of Spell Show. And that's pretty much it he's also a stand-up comic but I, i'm not the biggest fan of his comedy he's all right i guess um but kevin brennan hosts a podcast called misery loves company and it's if you, it's like whenever you see that meme of like an old man yelling at the clouds it's mm -hmm. kind of like that he's basically just yelling and he's 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 talking to a, a niche group of people and you go into it it's about 85 percent inside baseball mm -hmm. so yeah, it's one of those type of shows where I had do I have to watch from the beginning? I mean, you can if you want, but then there's a kind of come kind of a time where you have to start paying for Patreon. Yeah. Um anyway. So XSNL writer is happy he's trending for laughing at Matthew Perry's death. So he tweeted and I, I'm sure it's here, but he tweeted that uh, and look at this guy. Look at this man. Yeah. This beautiful man. Look at this guy. That's the man who is definitely going to be crying about Matthew Perry and his death. I mean, look at that guy. Mm -hmm. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So he basically tweeted, 
something along the lines of he drowned in a hot tub. Ha 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 ha. And everyone started getting mad about that. Oh, that's tasteless. Why would you make fun of? Come on. He, he, we don't even know why, how he died. Come on. Mm-hmm. So it kind of got me thinking about um, some other times that people have died. And of course, there's a famous one where Ari Shafir, when Kobe Bryant died, mm-hmm. you know, he talked about everyone was saying, oh, Kobe Bryant was he was the one of the best NBA players of all time. He was a, a great father and all stuff. Well, Ari Shafir decided to take it another step. And uh, he tweeted, Kobe Bryant died 23 years too late today. He got away with rape because all the Hollywood liberals who attack comedy enjoy rooting for the Lakers more than they dislike rape. Big ups to the hero who forgot to gas up his chopper. I hate the Lakers. What a great day. Hashtag fuck the Lakers. I mean, but where's the lie, though? I mean, wasn't he accused of raping a woman in some hotel or something like that yeah he 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 raped he raped a, a a hotel staffer at a hotel in colorado so yeah what, what, i mean it and i think it was basically thrown out or something like that or they, it was like they, some no, kind they, of, yeah. they settled out of court so yeah they threw it out basically they settled but i mean they they settled out of court because he paid her millions and millions of dollars to say, I don't want to go to court for raping you. Can I pay right. you money instead? That's what happened. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she was cool with it. So, so I mean, you know, I mean, I guess that kind of makes her a whore, but, <laughs> but that also, yeah, but that she, also, I, at the end of the day, she's kind of like, you know, I wasn't fine with the rape, but now that you gave me $10 million, I would be okay with you raping me again. Yeah, well, it's that's the interest charges because he didn't pay her the first time around. Well, I don't want to get into race and all that, but but yeah, well, they don't tip. But anyway, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He raped a woman. I said that. I mean, I'm a nobody. No one cares that I said that. But yeah, when Kobe Bryant died, I was totally you, go go back and look up episodes of It's Too Late when Kobe Bryant died. It's in there. I did it like yeah. two or three weeks in a row. I was like, yeah, a rapist died this weekend. Check this out. And it was a story about Kobe Bryant because he mm. he was. And he may have never done anything like that before, though hard to hard to believe that. And he may have done never done anything like that again. But he did that. And so the, that, that tweet by Ari is a totally legitimate statement of – how are like all this just constant hero worship and boo-hoo and now we're going to build a statue to honor this guy and and you know mamba life and whatever because of kobe bryant no you all just forgot that he raped a woman in colorado and then paid her off to not go to court are you kidding this right now this sounds like something that like norm mcdonald would say you know with the whole the whole uh um you know, like Michael Jackson, he's a he's a homosexual pedophile. You guys didn't know that, or Bill Clinton? He he killed a man. You know, you know Vince mm-hmm. Foster. You know that guy. You know he killed someone. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, Norm Norm is obviously famously known for his his whole relationship with O.J. Simpson. But I mean, O.J. Right. Simpson's thing was different because that was murder, and there was a trial. If O.J. Simpson had only been accused of rape 
And since it was only rape, he could just settle out of court for, he could go pay the Goldman's $20 million and never go to court. And there was never this high profile 24 hour coverage of his case on court TV and all that stuff. Hmm. Then OJ Simpson would to this day, like still be a household name, you know, fondly. But since yeah. it was a whole murder thing and there was an actual trial and all that stuff, he'll always be remembered negatively. But Kobe, yeah, he, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will never forget that it happened. I'll never forget because a lot of people made jokes even back then when it happened. People were making jokes about how he and his wife had to go through like some counseling, which is a, a, a funny word for. Uh, I remember all the tabloids were talking about how the next time that his wife was seen in public, she was wearing a diamond ring that's like the size of this cup, like a <laughs> diamond that big on her ring or on her ring finger. And, and that people were just saying, well, obviously that's because basically she's, she's being showered in with gifts by Kobe because they have young children and, and other, you know, I'm sure she would get a bajillion dollars in a divorce and, and yada, yada, yada. So the point being is, is that at a bare minimum, he cheated on his wife and probably, and probably coerced a hotel staffer. What's more likely and slash maximum is he just flat out raped the hotel staffer, but then paid her off to not go to court. And, 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 and I know I called the hotel staffer lady a whore. I, I, I really don't feel that way about her. Cause I, I kind of look at things from a practical standpoint that if practically speaking, you could go to court testify and you know, that it's still, you know, you're going to be going up against like a bunch of high, you know, a huge high profile team of lawyers because Co it's Kobe Bryant and he's worth so much yeah. money. You know, they may be telling her, look, it may only you know, say it's 50, 50 chance you win your case. If you do win your case, you know, maybe, maybe there can be some type of a civil suit to follow, but if he's offering to settle out of court for $20 million and a civil suit would only get you a hundred thousand, then, you know, why, who would, who would I say to not take the $20 million, you know? that would change your life or whatever he are, he already changed her life once so he might as well change her life physically again. yeah change so, life physically so yeah i mean it, you know at least with matthew perry we can all sit here and laugh because he was on a corny bad 90s sitcom and he thought he invented sarcasm but at least he didn't rape anybody yeah yeah so what did what did what did kevin brennan have to say about kobe I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't pleasant. I'm sure it wasn't like, oh yeah, Kobe. Yeah, he was. He was a good guy. He's probably just whatever. And he probably kept a, his mouth shut because he didn't want to be called a racist and you know whatever. Oh, Kevin, whatever. Kevin, I don't think he really cares about. I've heard him say some things where it's like, okay, this guy doesn't really care. But isn't it weird though how with something like like with the Kobe thing it's it's just it's unanimous. It's like the just the the entire pop culture sports Hollywood world is just all of a sudden Kobe Bryant is a, a, he's not even a basketball player anymore. He's a cultural icon the likes of which we have not seen in nary a generation and he will be celebrated. And you're like wow that Really? Is it because he was a Laker or is it because what's it because? I don't know. Yeah. What, what if, what if Kobe Bryant played for the Grizzlies? Oh, no one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
then he <laughs> he'd just be he'd just be Ja. He'd just be Ja right. Morat. I mean, Ja Morat could Where's go rape a ja? girl. Right? He could, he could go rape a girl in Colorado right now, and he would probably also get out of trouble by just paying her out of court. But uh, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be getting statues built for him. And and I, I'm pretty sure too that tweet that Ari Shafir did about Kobe, because it got so many people mad and upset. How how would, why would you say that? I'm pretty sure I don't know if he was banned off of Twitter or he just stopped using. He's like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't know what what the whole timeline of that was, but it, it's kind of like similar to when John McCain died, and now like the uh, was it Libertarian Party of New Hampshire saying Happy Holidays? It's the picture of Meghan McCain crying over his casket, and people were getting upset about that too. This is tasteless. I mean, come on. Why would you? Mm-hmm. I can't believe. This is why nobody takes you seriously. It's like this this tweet. This is a tweet why people don't take anyway. Yeah. But see, I like I still I still have such like a short attention span for that BS though because it's like look, if you want to if you're solely making the argument that it's in bad taste to say something to speak ill of the dead. You know, there there are people out there that just are just generally old-fashioned that just kind of have the attitude of, well, you shouldn't speak ill of the dead. It doesn't matter if you yeah. didn't like them or whatever, especially right after they died. You just shouldn't do it because it's it's just not not gentlemanly. If that's how you feel about it, fine. But I'm not hearing you actually dispute the message. I'm not I'm not hearing you make the argument that he wasn't a rapist. I'm just hearing you make the argument that we're all totes super sad right now and so knock it off. That's all I'm hearing. Well, remember when like when 9/11 happened and and I was going to pull it up because I'm pretty sure it, it's here. Um like 9/11 happened and then a couple weeks later Gilbert Gottfried did yes. a joke about it. Uh-huh. Here, let me go in. But by, by the way, I just I just want to point out, I love how we've spent this much time talking about Kobe Bryant and 9-11 because that's just how little we give a shit about Matthew Perry. <laughs> it was all a ruse, everybody. I said we were gonna talk about it. we only talked about it for like maybe five minutes, maybe. The way my mind works. I wanted to basically address the elephant in the room. I have to catch a flight to California. I can't get a direct flight. They said they have to stop at the Empire State Building first. Yeah. So there you go. And and that's and that's so like moderate in in comparison to so many things that have been said or could be said. It's only because people are up in their fields that that would even be controversial. It's and, sad that he's I dead mean, too. Everybody died. I know all the other good people. Yeah. Um. But anyway, going back to the Kevin Brennan thing, if you know, I, I mean, it's, it's not a lot of people who are gonna know who Kevin Brennan is in the grand scheme of things. But there's people who, like I know, and when I saw this, I was like, yeah, that that sounds about right. That sounds about something that he would do. If he didn't like you, he I don't, he don't give a fuck if you got your head ripped off. He's going to be like, Psh. he probably deserved it or something, you know. 
I will, like I, that. Oh, wait, how'd he die? Oh, that's hilarious. I will say this if I'm going to be devil's advocate, because I know he kind of followed up on his initial comments. So he he was making fun of Matthew Perry for being a junkie. He explicitly used right. that phrase. He's like, well, right. you know, of course he died. Take that junkie. Now, if I'm going to be devil's advocate, I would say that that might be perhaps a low blow, because while it is true that Matthew Perry at one time was a junkie, I don't believe that that was true anymore. I think that he fa fairly famously had gone through rehab and had been clean for some period of time or whatever, because that was one of the very first things they said in the reports of, Oh, well, what's, what's the drug situation? And the answer was that yeah. there were no illicit drugs at there the property and body. whatever. Mm. So, now, I, I I don't want to get into the whole, well, he must have died because of the jab or whatever. I'm not going there. I'm just simply saying that that Kevin Brennan being a ha 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 take that junkie is in his in his mind. He's envisioning Matthew Perry, you know, under, underneath the underneath the surface of the water with like heroin needles sticking out of his arm. So that actually wasn't <laughs> right. that wasn't true. So yeah. if that's the basis of his claim, that's not true. Now, if he wants to just make fun of him because he was a sh shitty comedian, that's perfectly fine or actor, whatever. Mm -hmm. But so I don't know. I'm just like I said, I'm just playing devil's advocate that if he's just trying to take a stab at someone because they had an addiction issue, but he actually overcame his addiction issue, then that kind of rings hollow. Yeah, I mean, didn't he go to rehab? It wasn't just once or twice. It was like multiple oh yeah times. he's he's been through some shit like they didn't yeah. friends do a whole friends reunion special like just in the last year just, or two? yeah just a couple yeah yeah and i mean a lot of the first of all a lot of them are, are looking a little bit worse for wear these days it ain't it, it wasn't just well, like i know some I mean, people saw matthew perry and they're like wow he you know just like a lot of people he put on a little bit well, of weight well they looks, said I don't know who I think it was maybe his his representatives or something, but they were saying that he had like an emergency dental surgery or something with his mouth before he go, he went there to film that. So that's why when you hear him talk, it's kind of, it kind of sounds like he has something in his mouth. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I don't even like necessarily talking about that actual reunion thing, but just just in general, you know, friends did end some years ago and they weren't they weren't all exactly teenagers when the show ended. So, mm. you know just the time marches on most of the cat like jennifer aniston still pretty much looks like jennifer aniston but uh the the chick that played phoebe um oh god what's her lisa name lisa kudrow yeah lisa kudrow lisa, lisa kudrow. kudrow is looking pretty rough these days um <laughs> which she ain't she ain't a young woman anymore uh courtney cox isn't exactly looking super spry anymore these days and the men definitely don't which Matt LeBlanc, Matt LeBlanc, I think, was the older of the friends, like just the actual actors. He yeah. was older. And so that means he's obviously older now. Uh, I mean, like he's his hair's all gray and whatever. And I mean, David Schwimmer was never exactly a prime specimen to begin with. So, I mean, all things considered, the whole cast doesn't exactly look like young spring chickens anymore. But I know some some people kind of got on Matthew Perry because like, oh, look, he didn't age all that great. And he put on a little bit of weight. And, you know, he's at, you know, his career basically ended when Friends ended for the most part and whatever. And it's like, well, I, I'm old. I'm old enough to remember when Friends was still like three or four years. I mean, I, I remember Friends coming on TV. I'm fucking 38 years old, but. 
I remember, I remember when Friends was still on air when NBC was like having negotiation, like that was a big tabloid news when they were negotiating with the stars of friends to try to keep, because they were trying to keep friends on air because friends was their hit show. But the cast of friends were demanding a lot of money because they knew that they were in a hit show. And Jennifer Aniston was like, I could just go be a movie star, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they, and they got for the time they got paid a ton of money. Like they were by an enormous margin, the highest paid people on the little screen. And so between that and residuals, I'm sure all of them theoretically could have retired the day friends ended and never worked a day again in their lives and been perfectly happy. So I think a lot of people take cheap shots at people like Matthew, at Matthew Perry and be like, Oh, well, you know, that was the end of him. As soon as friends was over, you know, his career is over. It's like, dude, if I was in friends and the show ended yesterday, I would never work again. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm done. I'm out. That, that, that That's probably a show that, overstayed its welcome i think would you would you say because how many seasons was like 10 every show overstays its welcome man it's that's that's actually that's a whole other that's a whole other segment you could do on on your show is instead of it's it's easier or it's probably harder to name shows that ended right when they should than it would be to name shows that didn't end when they should either way shows that were canceled or shows that went way too long. It would be easier to name all them than it would be to name shows that's like that was the perfect amount of episodes right there. It was a it was a complete beginning, middle, and end, and then they signed off. Very few shows. Well, I mean, I I would say at least for me personally, I think Seinfeld had the perfect amount because I mean, the, like a tenth episode or a tenth episode, a tenth season was it was right there. But Jerry's like, no, I think nine's good. I think we're the number one show. It's, it can only go down from here. Let's end it. I don't see. Great. I don't know though because Seinfeld, just like a lot, I'm I'm willing to accept that maybe you're right that it was the right number of seasons. But Seinfeld had the same problem that a lot of shows did, which is the finale was just so god awful that it's like how how did the cast and crew and writers who wrote nine seasons of a number one show write a finale that bad? Well, I mean, I guess in their defense, we're still talking about it. There's a lot of shows who have serious fans who are like, wait, what happened? At least now people are still talking. So it's it's one of those. I mean, I, I do understand where you're coming from. It's just you can make a show like this because they could have just made a serious finale and just be like, oh, yeah, Jerry moved, moved out of the apartment. OK, whatever. You know, like any other show, he could just moved out of the apartment. Jason got a job. Jason. Um, George, George got a job they liked. Elaine doing whatever the fuck she's doing, and Kramer. It could have been an interesting thing where maybe um, Kramer says the N word, it gets canceled. Yeah, it, it could. Yeah, he could have done. Yeah, that could have been fun. You know. Yeah. Oh, real life became. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the, um, See, I don't know. See that that's one of the things that's tough about like a sitcom because in, in a sitcom individual episodes are standalone for the most part. Like you can watch a single episode and you don't have to know everything that happened before. On the other hand, you have callbacks, right? Like you have callbacks all the time and running gags and and recurring guests and stuff like that. So you don't have to have watched every episode, but it can be helpful sometimes. But if you're trying to end a show like Seinfeld, do you want the finale to be like how they did it where you're trying, you're trying to like, they're trying to force it to be the conclusion of a run 
what I think the right thing to do would have been would have just been to write a single standalone episode and just say that's the last one. Yeah. And I think that in I think because you're trying to make it you're trying to make it into a spectacle instead of just making it like all the other episodes you've done for nine years. Well, I think I saw something where Larry David was saying that you no, know, it's a finale. I feel like it has to, it had to have been something bigger or something like that. And I think obviously now he kind of looks back on it and just was like, eh, maybe I shouldn't have done it that way. But yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it is exactly. what it is. You can't, you know. Yeah, and, was... and actually, um, another finale that I was thinking of that is pretty divisive is the Lost series finale because mm-hmm. um, I rewatched it with uh, Nico and like the whole series. I think it's probably my third or fourth time watching the whole show, and. There's some things watching that show where I was like, oh, I, I missed that the last time. Or, oh, okay, that actually this from this episode from this season connects to this. Like, oh, okay, that makes it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the finale. And a lot of the stuff that happens in the finale, I was like, okay. So there's characters that aren't there that, well, because you understand why they're not there. Uh, if I'm like spoiling it or anything like that. But some characters aren't there because... They're now the whispers on the island, you know, the, you know that because mm-hmm. they can't, they can't uh, move on because they did something bad, and they can't, they can't move on from that. Um, but just that whole because a lot of people with that series finale, they're mad that oh they're in this church and then they just they they were all dead the whole time or whatever, and like at first I was kind of like eh, I don't know, but watching it again made me appreciate it more this time mm-hmm. than when I had watched it previous times. So this and... is why people love shows like, like, you know, breaking bad, for instance, I mean, breaking bad is regularly in the conversation for top three or top one greatest show ever. It's like, well, why, why is it that great? You know, what makes it that great compared to other great shows? Why is it super yeah. great? And, you know, transformative, you know, a transformative Walter White, transformative character, you know, right. cultural icon, uh, role of his life. Um, Aaron Paul, obviously playing Jesse, obviously was very good too. Mm-hmm. You know, it it birthed Saul Goodman. Yeah. Um, but each each season was its own individual work of art. But they also layered on top of each other well. Right. So you could you could watch you could binge watch a single season and get a start, middle, and end mm-hmm. and be like, wow, that was a great season. But then yeah. each season then built upon, built upon. And the show also changes. So season one of Breaking Bad is almost a different genre of program than seasons two, three, four, and five. Yeah. It starts as a different kind of show and it turn and it and it morphs into kind of the thriller. Uh, show that it becomes um and i mean and you could even make the argument that season five the final season was not as good of a season and you could definitely make that argument you can make yeah. the argument that if the show had simply ended at the end of season four that it would have been okay like i, I wouldn't you would not have necessarily lost anything it, yeah. you would not have had an ending in the sense of what what is going to happen to these characters in the end but if there had never been, you know, like if one of the main characters had actors had died and they never got to start season five, 
it would still be considered one over the best show ever made if it only went four seasons. But even though the fifth season maybe as a whole was not as strong as like the third or the fourth, God, what an ending. Like mm-hmm. they stuck the landing. And so yeah. it's it's so it started middle and end was super strong, iconic characters, great writing, tons of amazing scenes, tons of so tons of amazing scenes, which is a group effort, and then tons of individual performances, individual efforts that were great. Um, you know, like I said, it's it it's it's harder to come up with a long list of shows where you would say that, that you would say this was exactly the amount of hours that I needed to consume this product, to have exactly the right opinion of it. And it didn't have any more or any less. And it was consistent throughout. The reason why breaking bad is at the top of nearly everyone's list is because it meets that criteria where even some legendary shows like a Seinfeld, for instance, Seinfeld Mm -hmm. is a legendary sitcom, but while it might meet 95% of that criteria, I'm not sure it meets a hundred percent of that criteria. Not to mention that it's really hard to 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 stack up shows that are in different genres. Like, how do right. you compare a comedy and a drama in movies? Like, Dumb and Dumber is never going to win movie of the year. But I think it's an amazing movie. I think The English Patient sucked. <laughs> so Man, wow, you thought two completely different movies were completely different. Wow. Yeah, they were completely different, but I thought one was objectively good and I thought the other one was objectively bad. But the but the one that I thought was bad was in everyone's li- short list for movie of the year. Yeah, one best picture at the Oscars. Come on, how dare you? Yeah, that's BS. It's total BS. So oh, a comedy God. basically has no chance to ever win that. They used to say it before Lord of the Rings that everyone always said that about sci-fi fantasy. Oh, sci-fi fantasy can't win. Well, why not? Well, because it's like it's not a serious movie. Well, what's what's a serious movie? It's interesting that you mentioned that because I didn't even think about that until you just talked about that. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Every single one of the movies in terms of the Academy Awards nominated for Best Picture. The Dark Knight, arguably the best comic book adaptation movie ever. Arguably. Mm hmm. No, no nomination for best, but now Heath Ledger won for playing a Joker. That's great, but yes. as a whole, that movie's great. Yes. And what won that year? Was what year Slum- was that? Slumdog Millionaire? I think Slumdog Millionaire. Oh my won god! Yeah. See, that's that's the thing is that 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 was some random flavor of the month for the Academy, and they pushed, pushed, pushed oh, to it's have some that Indian movie. Ooh, let's have that one be the winner. Yeah, you know? that's yeah, that's garbage. I mean, now, now I'm biased. They have a, a Korean movie, Parasite, winning Best Picture. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that was a good movie, by the way. I don't care. Is that is that the type of Asians y'all are? We're parasites. Yeah, that is true. Well, that's yeah. Jesus Christ. That's not what I meant. But now that you've run taken that and run with it, fuck it, whatever. Um, oh, that, no, that ruin what you're gonna say. No, it's fine. It's <laughs> oh, okay. no, it's totally fine. No. No, but but anyway, the more I was what I was gonna say is is that you know Return of the King won Best Picture, which was the third of the three of the trilogy. Right, right. But you look at it on the one side, you could say, well, they broke the glass ceiling, right? Finally, a sci-fi fantasy film won. On the other hand, you could say, look what they had to do to win. They had to make one of the greatest epic trilogies of all time. 
that for the time was on a big budget by but by today's standards is not as big of a budget and they had to basically film all three films non-stop over the course of like 18 months of filming with all the grand battles and they still had practical effects and staging and all and they had they had this massive cast and crew that had to sign on for this project for almost two years nonstop. And then they had to then break that down into three films and release them over the course of three years in order to win one best picture award for a single sci-fi fantasy film. Or you can just be the English patient. Or you could yeah. be Shakespeare in love because Shakespeare in love won the year that uh, saving private Saving Ryan, Ryan came out. Yeah. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. Like this this is this episode has somehow become us being really bitter about things that happened in 1994. <laughs> well, no, 994 was uh Forrest Gump beating Pulp that, Fiction. Oh my god. Wow. And I don't I mean I don't hate Forrest Gump, but you know. I mean, yeah, yeah probably in the grand scheme of things, you'd probably say Pulp Fiction is more of a revolutionary movie than Forrest Gump. Now that would be some trivia. Like kind of, what were all the best pictures? Like how many people are going to care about that? Like, I can't, I don't even remember the the movie that won last. I don't even remember the movie that won last year or the last Oscars. What was it? It was like Coda or something like that. Yeah. Best picture in 1999, Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Jesus, Love, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And the I, funny thing, too, was that uh, Steven Spielberg, I think, won Best Director. He did. Yeah. It, it won five awards, just not that one. It's like, you'll get director. Picture? No. No. Again, Saving Private Ryan is a more revolutionary movie than Shakespeare in Love. I mean, who the fuck even talks about that movie? Uh, it's funny. I, I just searched that just to make sure that I had my years right. And one of those random Google suggested questions that pops up below that. Because mm-hmm. there was like, what year did Forrest Gump win? What year did Sa- who beat Saving Private Ryan? Uh, one of the questions was, has a sequel ever won Best Picture? And I knew for a fact that there was at least two, but apparently those were the only two. So the Godfather Part Two oh, won right, Best right. Picture, and that yeah. is a sequel. And yeah. Return of the King, which was part, which was, was Part Three. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I always think a sequel is the second one, not the third one. But I guess yeah, yeah. And and that's it. Just those. Jeez. They're also the only ones to ever have multiple installments uh, nominated. So Godfather One and Two both won. Return of the King was the only one that won, but the other movies were nominated, but they didn't win. Hmm. It was like 2001, two and three, right? I mean, I remember, yeah, I remember that being a really big deal when it happened. Like, cause a lot, a lot of people were saying that the reason why Return of the King won so many awards that year was because they was kind of like, they were winning for the whole thing. Right. Right. They, for the whole body of work. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna film an epic and break it into three parts, then you know, like, would you? And you're not gonna like give them awards each year. Then you just give them all the awards in the final year. In some sense, I can I can see that argument. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but I think they should win though. 
Yeah. So I'm like, I don't think that that's an argument against it. It's it's best picture of the year, not best picture of the whole f- body of work. Yeah. Uh, what year was that? Was that two thousand? So two thousand four would have been the year that they won the award. Who were they up against? Three. Who didn't win because Return of the King won? All right, best picture was Lord of the Rings. There was Lost in Translation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'll, I'll give you this one. So Master and Commander, have you ever seen that movie? Oh, yeah, Russell Crowe, yeah. That's an amazing film. I actually love Master and Commander. It just happened to come out in the year that Return of the King came out. Right, So it's right. like, you know. <laughs> uh, Mystic River. That's a good movie. And, yeah, that's actually not a bad movie either. Yeah. And, and and Sea Biscuit. Oh yeah, that had it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. How come Sea Biscuit didn't win? You hey, maybe if it did win, everyone would be like, Sea Biscuit was it was a long shot, but it came through. So the interesting thing about this is so Return of the King won Best Picture over those other movies, and Best Director was Peter Jackson, who directed. Yeah the best picture right. over those other directors. But best actor was Sean Penn for Mystic, Mystic River. River. Right. No one from Lord of the Rings was nominated. No. Best actress was Charlize Theron in the movie Monster. Monster. Yeah. No one from Lord of the Rings was nominated. Best supporting actor, Tim Robbins, Mystic River. No one from Lord of the Rings was nominated. Hmm. Not a best supporting actress, Renee Zellweger from Cold Mountain. Uh, no one from Lord of the Rings was nominated. Uh, best original screenplay, of course, original screenplay. Yes. Uh, adapted screenplay was Lord of the Rings. Right. Uh, let's see. So all the technical aspects won, but you're acting terrible. <laughs> they did. They also won original score, which they totally should. I would. I would think they would win for visual effects too, right? And and. Interestingly, they did not win sound editing. Master and Commander won, and they weren't okay. even nominated for sound. They were they did win for sound mixing. So sound okay. editing and sound mixing are different categories now, yeah. just in case you didn't know that. Yeah. Um, art direction, they won that. Okay. Cinematography. Cinematography was Master and Commander. Interesting. So they didn't get it's not like they got shut out. Yeah. Best makeup, Lord of the Rings. Best costume, Lord of the Rings. Film editing, Lord of the Rings. Visual effects, Lord of the Rings. Hmm. So Master and Commander were nominated in basically every category, and they either won or lost to Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Yeah, I think Lord of the Rings won 11 awards total. Uh, um, Return yeah, they. King. I know they set the record. Like the all-time record in, a, in, a, in one season is Lord of the Rings. Uh. Of course, we say Lord of the Rings. It was the Return of the King. The that was the, King, the one. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I, I I will fully admit it's you know it's not fair to say that Lord of the Rings won the most. Well, shit, that's like nine hours of movie. <laughs> of course, it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was nominated for fourteen awards and it won eleven. I think it was the total. But none of, none of the actual performers. Isn't that funny? Ever get even got nominated? Elijah yeah. Wood's like here. Here's my uh, here's my performance in the Return of the King. No, not good enough. I think, uh, I think, uh, I don't know who was, uh, Bill Murray in Lost in Translation was better, which again, Mm -hmm. I mean, Lost in Translation is a good movie. So, you know, you know, the tough thing is though, is that if you're so like Lord of the Rings is an epic, 
And yeah. w- one of the byproducts of it being an epic is there's a ton of characters. When there's a ton of characters, who do you nominate? Like you can obviously like you're going to nominate Vigo Mortensen, you're going to nominate Elijah Wood, you know. But it's like, well, who's even who's even best actor and who's supporting actor? Who's supporting That's and who's point. best? Because yeah. there's just so many. Um, now I would I would be willing to die on the hill, and I've seen other people make this argument that if any if any of the cast should have at least been nominated in perhaps a lesser award that they would have had a chance to win, it would have been. Uh, Sean Astin supporting actor. Hmm. Because you would definitely say he's the supporting actor, not best right. actor. And right. I think he could have had at least had a, an argument that he as supporting actor should have been at least nominated. Yeah. Like, hmm. I mean, I'm, I, I'll, I'll stand for Sam. Sam's like one of my favorite characters in all of literature. And he, you know, that's, that was his movie. And he did awesome. So could have at least been, you think if it's the greatest, if it's the most award win winning movie of all time, you'd think someone in the movie would have been nominated for an award, but nope. Not good enough. They, but they used to say the same thing about game of Thrones. I mean, game of Thrones was a a cultural firestorm when it was before it went to shit. And, but they had the same issue of, if you have like 11 cast members that are all potentially viable to be nominated for an award, and then like three of the 11 all get nominated in the same category, that just means they split votes and then someone right. in some other show wins. Yeah. Lost was like that too. You have a lot yeah. of care, but although with lost, you could kind of differentiate. Okay. This person's definitely a supporting character. This person's definitely a main character. Like Jack, like, like Jack Shepard, main character, obviously Kate Austin, obviously main character. Um, later on down the road, James Ford, main character, maybe not at the beginning, but as, the, as the series went on main character, John Locke, main character. Now supporting characters, you, you'd, you'd probably put the, the Kims, you put them in there. You ready for me to drop this bomb on you? I've never seen Lost. Hmm. You should go see it. It's pretty good. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, but it's it's so like it's so long now. I know I was never interested in it when it was on TV, and now I've heard a bunch of people talk about it, and I already know what happens. And it's like, so should I watch it now, already knowing all the random dumb stuff that's going to happen in the show later? Well, I'm biased, and I would say, yeah, but, you know, what am I going to do? Like, so they were dead the whole time, and there's a polar bear, and, yeah, it's like, okay. you know, The way that I interpreted the ending was they lived their lives, and they're all dead at that particular point, mm-hmm. but they were all able to gather into that church to kind of, okay, we're ready to pass on to the next one to like the afterlife whatever but they are it wasn't like they were dead on the island the whole time it wasn't like the plane crashed and everyone just died it was they everything that happened on the island happened because in the sixth season like there's like this split so i'm basically telling you like the last yeah now you're telling me even more yeah should i just stop talking should i stop talking You're explaining, like you're explaining the end of The Sopranos to someone who's never seen it but okay, heard so the ending. What weird. happens at The Sopranos at the end? I mean, yeah, they're in the diner, right? Yeah, and then Tony <laughs> Soprano gets killed. That's what happens, and it's weird to me that so many people don't get it. 
No, what happens was the there's I don't I don't I don't I didn't see it though. So how do I know? Because they literally explain in the episodes leading up to the finale what happens when you get hit. And they mm. literally explain word for word the ending. So literally. basically what happens is you're not going to know. It just happens. Car- so Sill literally says in the show, because he's there's a scene where he's sitting at a dinner and the guy next to him gets whacked. And he, he lives through the experience of literally just sitting there eating and then all of a sudden his face is wet because there's blood splatter yeah. and how you're just your ears are just ringing and all of a sudden you can't hear anything and you don't know what's going on and you realize someone's been shot mm-hmm. and then there's a, a there's a different scene where they allude to a bell ringing and it gets Tony's attention and he looks up they several times specifically point out mm-hmm. that when a bell rings Tony looks up and then they talk and then they have a conversation about how if that happens to you, like, man, if this, ha- you know, if it happens to you, you don't know about it because you're dead. It just it's just black. Good night. And then in the final scene, a bell rings. He looks up and it fades to black. He's dead. He got shot mm. in the back of the head. The hmm. end. And it's weird to me that people think the ending wasn't good. The ending of The Sopranos was perfection. Y'all are just too fucking retarded, <laughs> which was the beginning of this episode's theme, to yeah. understand the ending of Sopranos. Tony Soprano was whacked. That's what happened. And I think the reason why the other reason why people don't like it is, is that the whole last season was like the big battle between the New York mob and the New Jersey mob. And in the end, you're led to believe that the New Jersey mob won, right? Like the characters that you've been following for six years, they were triumphant and they Mm -hmm. defeated those big baddies from New York. And so people don't want to believe that in the end, Tony Soprano dies, but that's exactly what happened. So I'll tell everyone what's going on over. It's too late. Oh, Jesus, what is going on? Or is it? Uh, we got a new staff writer, so that's helped things out immensely. I don't know who that um, is. I don't know either. But we 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 got we got to get some more guests. That's what I keep on telling people. Uh, we've had we've had a big run here lately. The last couple of months, we've had back to back to back to back to back huge guests with a couple more big guests coming up before the end of the year. Sweet. Uh, but I need but I need some more. Um, the, the Christmas episodes officially begin next week. So people that have tuned in for the show for the last few years know that during the holiday season, the whole show kind of morphs into the holiday version of the show. And I don't know, I feel like it's more cheerful and bright. You know me, I'm, I'm nothing if not trying to spread holiday cheer. Um, but it's too late Wednesday nights. Oh my God. Uh, we're, we're into our, going into our sixth year. Wow. Uh, I well, you, you saw. I was talking to Toad about that the other day on Twitter. September. So September first was our was our anniversary. So it's it's November third as you and I are sitting here talking. So we're we're uh, two months, six years, and two months in to hmm. to the run of the show. Believe it or not, that's that's how big of of the sunken cost fallacy I'm in on this thing. That look, well, I'm I'm. I'm six years and two months in. I might as well keep going at this point because I'm surely we're going to make it big any second now. Um, but we're hoping hoping to finish the year strong. Uh, it'll be around March of it'd be middle of March, so not too far away. 
will be episode 300 of the nice. show. And then uh, May 18th, which we haven't we haven't announced this publicly yet. But May 18th is the sixth annual It's Too Late live show. Oh, taking place in Middle Tennessee, just like it does every year, where we're actually going to have food, drink, um, family-friendly environment. Everyone's going to hang out and have an awesome time. This year, we're going to be at a brand new state-of-the-art venue um, with with auditorium seating and a stage for us to actually set up and do the show, lights, camera, and everything. So we're bringing back the live show this year. We've got uh, we've got a handful of um, pretty pretty well known guests are actually coming to our live event this year, but I can't I can't say who. Yeah, because you know how it is. If I if I tell you who's coming, then then you know their yeah. their aunt will die and then they can't make it. Right. Um, <laughs> but we got some big guests coming into town for this year's event. So I tell everybody, uh, all the official announcements will be out. Uh, right after the first of the year, so it may very well be January first that we launch the launch the event page and all that stuff. But everyone, everyone needs to check it out. And you guys, you guys need to come come to next year's event. I'm not making any promises. I'll tell you like what. The last time you invited, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you were right to not make any promises. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you know. You, but you should you should definitely consider doing it. Uh, we've 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 upped the production value. We're trying to be more and more late night showy with mm -hmm. each passing week. But we're 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 treading new ground in our production and doing doing more more recorded stuff, more segments, more production. Yeah. Uh, celebrity guest interviews are now a part of a part of our repertoire, along <laughs> with our our favorite segments such as unpopular opinions. Meme of the week, viewer mail, all the usual great stuff. So, yeah, that, I'm not that, going anywhere. We're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, that that one time where you interviewed that uh, Hamas leader. Yeah, we inter we got the we got the leader of Hamas the week of the big attack. It's crazy. That was that was nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he didn't he didn't sound the way I thought he would. To be honest with you. Well, it's, it's Hamas. You know, they're sneaky like that. From what I've heard. Yeah. What, one of my favorite scenes, by the way, from Craig Ferguson was he's talking to Josh Robert Thompson, who was the guy who does the voice of Jeff the Robot. And they're doing the telephone bit where he's doing an impression on the phone. Yeah. And he says, he says, hey, you know, he says, hey, this random celebrity. And he in in and then Josh Robert Thompson tries to do the voice, but it's it's not very good because you could tell it wasn't rehearsed. And Craig Ferguson yeah. goes, Oh, I did I didn't know that he sounded like this. He's like, Well, I, I didn't I didn't know that I needed to sound like this until right this minute. So <laughs> <laughs> so so you guys need to know that if we ever do skits like that on our show, we of course rehearse it way in advance. Yeah. So months in advance, I've heard. Yes. Months. It's crazy. Yes, I mean I don't know how you guys knew that this Tomas thing was going to happen, but damn. Yeah, well, it's well, we knew that was going to happen because Mr. Beast set the whole thing up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that part. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, uh, need to end this. So, thanks, Alan, for doing this. I uh, really appreciate it. I'm what did we, we just to... do? What happened here? I, I'm not really sure. Uh, apparently, we talked and words came out of our mouths and. That's pretty much it, I think. This has to be the worst show you've ever done. It's probably in the bottom 10, I would think. Yeah. 
If I make yeah. a list, this has to be in there. It's so Especially weird that there's people still watching it right now. I can see. Like, I th- maybe it's just people that went to bed and they left their computers on or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I know we took like a couple months off. I might take another couple months off. I don't know. I just do it whenever I feel like. It. Hey, I feel like doing this today, so let's do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the deal with that? Why are, why are you leaving us hanging for for two months? Because we just. I don't know. I was like, eh. no, wait, 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 don't, don't do this. We business. Don't drag Nico down to your level. <laughs> hey, we were busy with some, uh, some personal matters. If you, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Just, just because the 49ers are losing, uh, does it mean you can't do a show? Oh, you all caught right? me. Damn it. That when me. the Cowboys lose, I still do an episode that week. All right. Me. You caught me. Shit. All right. All right. All right. Well, we'll forgive you. I appreciate that. It, it all is. If you forgive me, then that's all. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thanks to all who decided to watch and listen. Really appreciate it. And uh, we might see you in the next one. We'll see. Warning. This is the most important podcast of our lifetime. Hello, everyone. <laughs> what is happening? Hapatarian. So what is what is Hapa? So when you put together Hapatarians, what what is that? You know the thing. They're here. To, <laughs> they're here to awkward it up for you guys. Which is a very interesting and beautiful mix of humanity. Anyone who has a podcast? You're an extremist. Shut up. All right, let's let's get to it.